This is episode 90 of How to Human. In this episode, I want to talk about whether or not it's okay to push back on diversity programs. And I find myself asking this question because there was a situation yesterday where there was pushback against a diversity program. Someone brought up a need for diversity training or a want for diversity training in a group I was in, and there was pushback. And in hearing the reasons, I wanted to explain why I think that could be, why it shouldn't be, but also where there's nuance in this topic. Where, because it is politically incorrect and not sanctioned in polite company to push back against any kind of diversity initiative. And there's a reason for that. And that's what I want to talk about today. Diversity training certainly has value. The idea behind it is that we're not always aware of our own biases. And let's be frank, we're talking about white people. We're talking about men and white people and straight people. The trifecta of the oppressors, straight white males. And without an ability to empathize with those who have disadvantages, those who are hurting, straight white males can walk around and be ignorant of the obstacles in front of the other genders, races, sexual orientations, gender identities. And that ignorance allows for an expectation for the same level of achievement that's completely unrealistic because of things that straight white males can't see or feel. There are, it's not just structural impediments in terms of seeing other people like you in positions such that you believe you can achieve them or subtle, I want to call them boys clubs, but that idea that people get together based on group identity. And if the groups that get together and are in power are all alike and they're all straight white males generally, then that's another impediment. And just the otherization that happens in culture, there's this norm and feeling outside the norm is painful and hurtful and in a way cuts at someone's identity and the idea that somebody is more normal than you this can be simple things the way that when people say guys for a group that upsets some women very much a, a, a mixed gender group or i'm told that soap dispensers respond better to white skin than black skin the way what we see in the media these things are all little jabs it's death by a thousand cuts it is little microaggressions here and there that aren't perceptible necessarily to those who aren't subject to them but just the extra stare that is about being considered a sexual object or being considered out of place 
being considered a threat or being considered a theft risk in a store. Those things all add up and they're, they become part of a person's identity and that identity hurts. It hurts to have that those minimalizations, minimizations. And people need to know that when you're not subject to those level of ways of undercutting who you are, you don't think about them. And you presume everybody navigates life the same way that you do. And one of the ways we call that is white privilege or male privilege or straight privilege. That's one of the ways that people do it to say that I'm not subject to these things that are cuts against my humanness. Because that's what these are. These are all subtle ways that people who aren't aren't straight white males are considered or treated less human. There's an ex expectation of differentness and a treatment of differentness. And that adds up over time. And the way to battle that is awareness. Awareness of how people feel, but awareness of the unconscious things that people are doing. And that's the advantage of diversity training, is that there are so many things that we're not aware of, that we take for granted. We take our own experience as the norm. And for those of us, straight white males, or other, anyone else in the majority, meaning white people, straight people, it is hard to empathize with that experience because we've never felt it. And how are we gonna hear it or understand it without a diversity training that allows us to see, hear, feel, understand the perspectives of other people. That's what diversity training is for, and that's why it has value. Here's where diversity training runs into a problem for some people. Diversity training is empathy-based. It's about understanding other people's plights and in the course of understanding that plight, being able to think differently and make better decisions. But diversity training also has prescriptions for solutions. And here's why that's a problem. Empathy, empathy is a great tool for identifying problems, but not a good tool for solving problems. Logic is the tool for solving problems. And what happens when empathy is used as a means of solving problems, it becomes, well, why aren't you being understanding enough of other people's problems to solve them? If there's a conflict, empathy is the solution. And the person who is not being empathetic enough just needs to be more empathetic to make things work right. And what that ends up with when we play it all the way out is a victim mentality. So be more specific. 
if we are talking about uh, a black person who does not have the job that he wants, the empathetic response is, well, he has the culture against him. He has the education system against him. He has the institutional racism against him. He has all the cultural beatings against him, the, the force of all the ways he was told he was wrong or out of place and a threat and all these things against him. And these are things that make it so that he isn't able to achieve in the society the way that he wants. That's the empathetic response. And so what happens when we keep using empathy as the way to solve this? Where is the solution in that? The empathetic response is you need to feel more and you need to make exceptions for this because this person has been beat down. And let me be clear, he has been beat down. It is a difficult world out there filled with com complete unfairness, an unreal, dog-eat-dog, -dog, ruthless world. And you need to understand that. We need to understand that and understand how much people are hurting and the obstacles people have. And in the course of that understanding, special exceptions need to be made and the world needs to be easier on this person in that there are so many obstacles he can't be expected to compete in a level playing field that is the empathetic argument the problem is the message that gets passed along is the black man can't compete and this is nuanced, of course, because everybody gets a vision in their head of what I'm talking about. Am I talking about somebody who's 45? Probably not. I'm speaking of the generations that are coming up that have empathy entirely on their radar and they think the world is filled with racism and misogyny and it's a world that must be overturned because it's a white patriarchy that is always pushing down those who hurt. And I'm not saying there's an element, isn't an element of truth to that. What I am saying is that when we use that empathetic lens based on the idea that there is a group of oppressors that make it impossible for a person to live, impossible for a person to achieve on the levels that they want, then the people who are being oppressed develop a victim mentality. They develop the idea that the reason I don't have the things that I want is because there are people that are keeping it from me. That's the empathetic response, is to say to the person, I see that you're hurting, there's a valid reason you're hurting, and I want to make it better for you by easing the symptoms of the things that are keeping you down. 
And that's totally valid. Yes, we should ease those symptoms. And at the same time, there's a logical reason to it too. There's a, there's a logical way to solve this problem that's separate from the empathetic reason. That's what I meant to say. The logical process of solving this problem is fight. We have to make the world a better place. We have to remove these impediments. But fighting isn't optional. If the main message that people get is that it's an unfair world and you're subject to an unfair world, which is the empathetic response because it makes people feel better and it's a it's a way of identifying and sympathizing with the people who are hurting. But what it doesn't do is teach the fight. The fight is the way that in spite of obstacles, people persevere through them. The world is against you is part of the message. The other part is fight through it. And it gets lost in the way that people are teaching diversity nowadays. It's entirely about you're a victim to the system. And isn't it all about, despite the system being difficult and hard, much like the world is difficult and hard, you have to fight through it. And nobody wants to hear this. Nobody wants to hear that even though you have to deal with institutional racism, misogyny, gender normativity, you have to still fight and deal with the unfairness. Because the problem is those things aren't going away anytime soon. This is such a nuanced point. What I'm trying to say is that separate from the fact that we should learn about these problems and make corrections for them and as humans act better, we also need to simultaneously be aware that people who hear these messages will believe what they're told, that the world is filled with oppressors who are constantly oppressing and they are your ultimate obstacle and you can't fight your way through it. It's hard because I can see myself being attacked may not be the right word, being contradicted on this by saying, Dave Messman, nobody is saying that. On the contrary, they are. The idea that people need to fight through this is battled by the system's unfair. You can't say that the system's unfair. Don't say that out loud because what you're doing is victimizing the victims. You're further doing it by saying that some of their results are in their hands when the system is fundamentally unfair. Well, sorry, not sorry. It is all in part of our hands. It's hard for all of us and it's harder for some. And until it's equal play, an equal playing field, equal opportunity, which is what everybody wants, everybody has to fight through it. 
And until it becomes an equal playing field and everybody has equal opportunity, then people have to fight through the discrimination and oppression that they see and feel. And when we lose that message because it doesn't feel good to hear it, then what we get is a bunch of people who are used to only hearing what feels good, which is that your problems aren't your fault. And it's toxic, some say, that we are preaching only the narrative that society is against people, but not preaching, put your boots on and get to work. Because it's impossible to succeed without a strong backbone. And you don't develop a strong backbone by believing and feeling that the world is against you. That's the recipe for complaining and not persevering or learning to persevere. So the pushback against diversity training is it's a good idea to understand and have awareness around other people's difficulties in life. But the way it's being taught, the way intersectionality, exceptionism, postmodernism is being taught is that people are oppressed and the world is going to keep oppressing and those who are oppressed are victims and subject to a system external to them that they cannot overcome. And that doesn't teach strength, it teaches weakness. This is a really nuanced point that I'm not sure I've covered very well. There's nothing wrong with diversity training. In fact, it's super important. It's essential to have empathy for those who are hurting. But if empathy is used as the tool to solve problems for those who are hurting by giving society messages that says these people are hurting, therefore it's completely unfair, therefore they need special circumstances and they can't be expected to compete fairly, therefore they shouldn't have the expectation that they could compete fairly, therefore the world must be altered such that they can compete fairly, when that isn't even realistic, that the world will change so they can compete fairly, not on any timeline that anybody can realistically expect, that creates a problem. It creates people with false expectations. And those false expectations turn into a group of people who believe the world to be unfair, act as if the world's unfair, and want to overturn the world, and creates this idea that a, white people and white, straight white males are evil. They are the oppressing class. And it also creates the idea that 
those who aren't straight white males are victims and necessarily if not taught enough strength to say well i understand it's going to be hard but i'm going to persevere anyway and instead are taught well the system's unfair so i guess i can't compete this message gives a victim mentality and it's based on being emotional the emotional response to a difficult world is to retreat and say well that's not fair and the logical response to an unfair world is well this is really unfair but i'm going to do my best because what other option do i have so that's why somebody might push back against diversity training it's not about diversity training it's about how it's being done and if we keep following it to its logical conclusion using empathy as the primary decision-making factor in how we solve the problems of all the isms, racism, sexism, homophobia, all the transphobia, and my point here is just this is why somebody might push back against diversity training because it isn't being taught in a way that empowers people. Not at present, not in 2020, in my experience, in a lot of people's experience. It's being taught in a way that disempowers people. And that's the end of this episode of How to Human.